show. I'm Rhonda Nowak for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media. This is the Literary Gardener for June 25th, 2020. The topic this time is Gophers in the Garden. Just then, Mr. Gopher popped up from his underground home. Somebody call for an excavation expert? I'm not in the book, but I'm at your service. Gopher's the name. Here's my card. What's your problem? Walt Disney's animated film, Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree, 1966. With this line of greeting, Walt Disney introduced a new resident to the Hundred Acre Wood in his first film adaptation of A.A. Milne's classic children's book, Winnie the Pooh, 1926. Mr. Gopher, also known as Samuel J. Gopher, is the only character in Disney's original short films that was not based on one of the animals in Milne's book. The story goes that Disney wanted a character in his films that would appeal especially to American audiences. Thus, the intelligent, hard-working gopher, a native to North America, was proposed. Disney created a likable personality for the rodent character by having him whistle his S's in his speech and by bestowing Mr. Gopher with the habit of falling into his own holes. Mr. Gopher was such a success that he made appearances in subsequent Disney films as well as the television series The New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh that aired from 1988 until 1995. He's played a supporting role in Winnie the Pooh productions all over the world, although audiences outside of the United States can't always identify what kind of animal he is. In Brazil, Gopher's name is Tupera, which translates to mole in English, and in Italy he's called a castoro, which means beaver. Of course, gophers don't just live in the world of fiction. They're here in the real world, too. In fact, I learned recently that a gopher is living in my garden, and his behavior isn't nearly as endearing as the Disney characters. This Mr. Gopher isn't courteous like Samuel J. Gopher, who popped up from his burrow and handed out a business card. So far, this Mr. Gopher hasn't even had the decency to show his furry face. So, I guess it could be a Mrs. Gopher. Here's how we met. One day, I was in the garden admiring a gorgeous Florence fennel plant with feathery green foliage and a thick white bulb that I was looking forward to roasting with olive oil and Parmesan cheese. The next day, I went to harvest the fennel and to my dismay, found the plant lying on its side completely severed from the roots. A few nibble marks on the bulb were the only telltale signs of the culprit. The next day, I was weeding at the other end of the garden when I suddenly heard the unmistakable sound of gnawing coming from the artichoke bed. I looked all around but didn't see anything, so I kneeled down close to one of the artichoke plants and listened for only a few seconds before the loud chewing began again. When I shook the artichoke stalk, the chewing underground stopped, but the plant had already been fatally loosened from its roots. I dug around the base of the damaged artichoke plant until I found a hole about three inches across that led several inches underground. This tunnel was most likely a side tunnel, branching off from the burrower's main tunnel like a freeway exit ramp for a quick pit stop on the way home.
Over the next few days, I found three of my artichoke plants lying prostrate in the garden. When I picked up the flattened out leaves, I discovered they weren't attached to anything. The base of the plant stalk and the roots were gone. There are other burrowing animals besides gophers that like to dig in our garden's loose, fertile soil, including moles, voles, and ground squirrels. However, moles are insectivores, feeding mostly on earthworms and grubs, and voles prefer nibbling on grass and plants above ground. Ground squirrels, too, spend most of the day feeding above ground on food-producing plants. Gophers, on the other hand, prefer to snack on the underground parts of the plant. They infrequently surface from their extensive network of tunnels, which can reach from a few inches to five feet deep and may span 2,000 square feet. I have to admit I'm impressed that the fennel on one side of my garden and the artichokes on the other side of the garden, a distance of about 150 feet, may have been eaten by the same gopher. Unlike ground squirrels, gophers do not live in colonies, preferring to burrow their way through life and gardens alone. That being said, if Mr. Gopher in my garden is actually Mrs. Gopher, she could give birth to one to three litters this year with five to six pups in each. That's a lot of lost fennel and artichokes and other plants in my garden with succulent roots, bulbs, and stems. Not surprisingly, a whole industry has developed with the sole aim of ridding gardens of gophers. Every gardener I talk to has a favorite method of gopher prevention or gopher purging. Preventative measures include lining the entire garden bed using wire mesh or hardware cloth with holes no bigger than three quarters of an inch, or protecting individual plants within a wire basket. The downsides of this are the cost of the mesh and the labor intensity of installing it. And after all the expense and hard work, clever gophers often get through the mesh at the ends or where two pieces meet. Planting buffer or repellent crops is another suggestion for preventing gophers from moving in. Gopher spurge, castor beans, garlic, and daffodils have all been recommended by gardeners who swear by their success. However, research has not confirmed that any of these plants are effective at warding off gophers. Loud sounds or ultrasonic devices are also sometimes recommended, although field research has not been able to prove their effectiveness either. That leaves purging gophers that are already in the garden. Some suggest spraying water down the tunnels to force the gopher out. But then what do you do after that? Chase the gopher around the garden with a baseball bat? I don't think so. I heard of another device called a gopher blaster, a wand that you stick down the gopher hole. Once the device is activated, it releases a mixture of propane and oxygen, which explodes in the tunnel and kills the gopher. This sounds like something straight out of Platoon, as does poisoning gophers with chemical weapons in the form of pellets or gases. The dangers of using these implements of war should go without saying. Ironically, after Mr. Gopher introduces himself in the Walt Disney film, he's asked how Winnie the Pooh could be dislodged from Rabbit's window. He recommends using seven sticks of dynamite to save time. Luckily, Pooh's friends decline Gopher's suggestion and pull him out instead. Which leads me to the most frequently recommended method of getting rid of gophers in the garden, 
using traps. Pincher traps, cinch traps, and box traps are the three types of trapping devices used, all of which must be strategically placed. Pincher and box traps should be set in the main tunnel in pairs facing opposite directions to capture gophers moving either way. Cinch traps are placed singly just below the tunnel entrance. Provided the traps are set correctly and placed where gophers are active, they can be an effective way to remove gophers from the garden. It's important to check traps frequently and move them to another location if a gopher hasn't been caught within a couple of days. Also, be sure to attach the traps to a stake for easier removal from the tunnel. I haven't decided what to do about the gopher or gophers in my garden. If I do nothing, I will probably not eat homegrown fennel or artichokes this year. On the other hand, gophers are great at aerating the soil, reducing compaction, and increasing the soil's ability to absorb water. Hmm, that's certainly something to whistle about. And that's it for the Literary Gardener this time. Thanks so much for listening, and happy gardening.